Hey, hi everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Kubuntu Podcast. I'm Rick Timmis, and joining me this evening, as usual, is my venerable co-host, Aaron Honeycutt. How are you, my friend? I'm good for today. Ask me tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. Okay. Uh, so, we're regular viewers of the show will, of course, know that uh, uh, the Three Musketeers are not all here. Somebody, D'Artagnan, is missing. Well, in fact, it's Ovi. Ovidio is missing. But we're reliably informed that he's going to be here just a little bit later. Um, so he's just running a little bit late. So uh, you're going to have to listen to uh, my dulcet tones and, of course, Aaron, as we get you started. Uh, all righty. So uh, this one's for you, Jim. Cosa buenas. See if you uh, know what that one is. All right. Okay, let me give you a quick run through and let you know what's coming up in today's show. All right, so we've got uh, some uh, Kubuntu news for you. Uh, we'll have a little bit of user feedback. Uh, we've got some news from the core development team. And uh, we've got a special guest interview. More on that one a little bit later in the show. So right now, folks, we're going to get you plugged into the Kubuntu matrix. And uh, welcome to the show. All right. So um, now, uh, of course, it's only been a couple of weeks, Aaron, since we did the last show, um, because everything kind of got all out of sync, what with uh, KubeCon and uh, Academy and so on and so forth. But um, what uh, what have you been up to since I saw you last? Anything, uh, anything interesting? What you've been doing? I've been slowly preparing for a hurricane to come through here. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Any One sign of, of it yet? Uh, I think it's raining a little bit early, but it's not supposed to hit till tomorrow night. Wow. Uh, yeah, fingers crossed, because I, 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 I was watching that on the news today, actually, and um, uh, the flooding and stuff that's taken place in, uh, in uh, I think it's Haiti. Is it, did it come through Haiti, and is it on its way through the Bahamas or something? It, it went through Haiti and... Dominican Republic, I, I assume, because it's over there, and I think it's hitting Cuba now. I think. Yeah. So, uh, well, our uh, you know our thoughts and prayers go out to those folks out over there, and I'm sure that uh, they're having a very difficult time. And let's hope that uh, that that everybody comes through it unscathed, because obviously they're a lot less equipped than you guys in Florida. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, so the damage is more severe. But, um, and uh, what about in the realm of tech? So obviously getting prepped for uh, for this coming together. But what about Techland, Aaron? Have you uh, have uh, you been doing anything techy, new gadgets or new toys to play with? Um, no, I haven't gotten any new toys yet. I got a package yesterday for a shirt, though. Google Summer Code. Oh, okay. Are you, are you mentoring this this year? Are you, are you getting I, involved I, in some way? I, I mentored last... I, I was part of a program last the summer that had just passed. I, I want to be better next time, though. About that and be more involved next time. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. There's two, Jim. <laughs> oh, no, he's already, already got two. He must have caught me one. He must have caught me one. So uh, our uh, our young uh, community member, Simon Quigley, sent me a message um, uh, after the last show, and he said, uh, I I've got to start replacing um, replacing that statement with Cosa Buenas, uh, which apparently is the same thing in Spanish, if I, uh, I 
I have no idea whether I pronounced that correctly or not, but uh, but there we have it. And um, so that, so uh, that's uh, for those those of us who speak Spanish in the community, and that's my best Spanish. I, the only thing I know uh, is comista uh, and muy bien, cosa buenas, and uh, hola chicos. <laughs> that's about it. But um, so uh, well. Things have been uh, pretty busy here. In actual fact, I can't believe that two weeks has passed since we last did the last podcast. It all seems to have come around so quickly. Um, I've been uh, in the background. I've been quietly working away on uh, the Kubuntu packaging guide, which um, I've been adding a little bit more to. And I'll, I'll give you some commits to that when I think I've got it in in a shape to submit something again, Aaron, and con and, uh, and add that in. And um, so I'm quietly working away on that so that I can then uh, get prepared with a new set of curriculum slides for the Kubuntu Dojo. Uh, once I've got those things in place, then I can issue some new dates for the Kubuntu Dojo. And uh, hopefully we can bring some more people in to the Ninja Yellow Belts team. So that's what I've been doing in terms of uh, Kubuntu stuff lately and um and i'm continuing to work on a couple of ubuntu apps for the phone i um i released one a couple of weeks ago called flight 24 um which you might have seen and um and i've got another one that i'm about to release this week to do with uh, i racing was supposed to release it on saturday but i didn't finish it um, and in the background, I'm, work, I'm still working on a more technically complicated one in C++, which is being beastly because I can't quite seem to understand the Ubuntu developer API documentation yet. So, um, but we'll get there, no doubt. So that's what I've been up to, um, having lots of fun in tech land and, and thoroughly geeking out. <clears throat> okay. I'm missing Ovi now. I wish he was here. Um, because at this point, he'd normally be stuffing his face with something and waving his soldering iron. And here he is! <laughs> Your timing is impeccable, my friend. Cosa buenas, mochico. Hello, hello. I'm happy to hear you guys. Hey, guys, since I just arrived, I want to show you something. You see what hat I'm wearing? Yes, uh -oh. I do. Yeah, I like it. I like this. it a lot. Whoa, yeah, that's good. This was my work equipment today. Wow. No way. Have you been have you been have you been have you been into the office with that lot then? Yeah, exactly. I just got home from work. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that hat. I really like that that hat. It I, looks great. I'm keeping this for my work hat. Uh, not just work as a job, but also when I'm woodworking or electronics or electronics, not, but when I'm woodworking or working outside or whatever. And I think I'm going to get another one, maybe a different color uh, that I'm going to wear for events. Because uh, this okay. has also been my travel hat, but it got dirty because it's my work hat. It has some spots here and there. So I'm going to have to get another one. Probably one with Kubuntu. Uh, yes. Uh, eShop. Uh, yes, we have one for Kubuntu, uh, where you can order Kubuntu T-shirts. But for KDE, I don't know if there's an official KDE store where you can buy KDE merchandise, except the KDE store where you can buy KDE merchandise, which is not actually physical merchandise. It's uh, it's it's 
software merchandise like pictures and stuff and rick since you wanted so much to see me stuff my face okay here's my food i'm just gonna start eating now so i'm gonna turn off the webcam okay then cool all right i'll come back to you shortly in a little while but uh, I'm, I'm really really great you're here one thing i don't want to forget but if the audience is listening last time for my apps picks i presented uh, that monitoring application and i said i will look into how you can monitor remote machines I want to show you guys how I did that with my server. Oh, all right. All right. That sounds excellent. It's, it's okay, incredible. We'll look it's forward awesome. to that in a bit. Well, actually, so, well, I haven't got, I haven't got a, uh, an app pick this time. So what we'll do is we'll aggregate my time to focus in on that because I'm very interested in what you've done there. If you've got uh, some remote stuff going on with that, would be really good. Okay. Um, that would be really, really good. I'll turn off my webcam and do my setup here so I can have my everything set up and... I'll listen in and I'll comment. Okay. Cool. Okay. That's great. All righty. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> so well, that's what we've been up to, as you can see, um, uh, you know, uh, doing, the, uh, doing various bits and pieces. And it's shocking how quickly time goes by, isn't it? Just how fast things move. Um, and, of course, in the background, we'll talk more about this, uh, uh, the news from the Kubuntu development team a little bit later in the show as well. Uh, but there's plenty of activity and action going on there and some quite humorous stories to share with you guys as well. Okay, um, I'm going to jump to a sponsor section for a moment. I was thinking about this this morning, actually, and thinking about how I uh, I always read this narrative about Big Blue Button, which I'm going to do. But then um, I, I'm going to speak just for a moment to uh, from my own personal kind of uh, relationship with the Big Blue Button community and Fred Dixon there. But uh, here's, the, uh, here's the adware for viewers that want to fast forward. Hit the forward button now. So um, we're really looking here at uh, Kubuntu Podcast. Uh, this is a big shout out to the guys at Big Blue Button. Um, so those of you that have attended the uh, Kubuntu parties or, uh, or been to the Kubuntu Dojo lessons or, of course, are watching the podcast, you will have seen our Big Blue Button conference and online education service. Uh, this is this tool here, which is video, audio presentation, and screen sharing on whiteboard tools. And uh, all of this is provided to us by uh, Fred Dixon and the team at BigBlueButton.org. Please do go and check out their website and uh, yeah, hit the contact links there and uh, give us a shout. Let them, let Fred know especially that uh, you know that here at Kubuntu Podcast and the Kubuntu team that we're very grateful for the hosting and the provision. Uh, that uh, these guys give us with Big Blue Button. And uh, just a little bit of background story. I've, I've been following the, the community work and the development of Big Blue Button for around about uh, seven or so years now, six or seven years. Um, and uh, and it's this, the tool has been slowly iterating and developing. And Fred and uh, the Big Blue Button community have been working pretty much tirelessly at putting this open source education tool together which they promote around uh, many educational establishments particularly across the US and Canada and um, we were really lucky when uh, we decided to hold one of the first Kubuntu parties and uh, we were trying to do it in Google Hangouts and trying to get things to work and and everything was a bit messy and a bit disorganized and we somehow ended up on uh, Big Blue Buttons demonstration server and uh, that's when Fred came in and said what are you guys doing and, uh, you know, I wondered why the server load was up and uh, what was going on. So uh, we had a chat with uh, Fred and he hung out with us for 30 minutes or so talking about Big Blue Button and explaining what we could do with it and how we could use it. 
Um, and then almost unannounced, he dropped some links into the little chat window and said, here you go, guys. Um, you know, we love open source and free software as much as you guys do. So um, here is a uh, an instance of Big Blue Buttons specifically for the Kubuntu community. Uh, there are three rooms that you can use and you can record your shows and it's all hosted on Big Blue Buttons infrastructure, which they're paying for. So they've completely given us all of this uh, functionality and facility for free. So, cosa uh, buenas, mi amigo Fred Dixon. Um, we're very impressed uh, with that. So really, really good stuff there from the guys at Big Blue Button. Get over there, check out their website, send them something on the contact form or tweet or Google Plus them and, uh, and tell them thanks for helping out us here at Kubuntu and the Kubuntu community. Okay, so in news, um, I know that uh, the Kubuntu 16.10 beta ISOs are ready for people to test as we approach release date. And uh, we need you guys in the community to download this stuff, test it on your hardware, test it in virtual machines, um, and try it out and, and give us some feedback. Is it working for you? What do you think? Do you have any issues? Um, and so on and so forth. Um, have you any comments on the current status of uh, Kubuntu 16.10 betas, Aaron? Anything extra to add to that? <clears throat> uh, I think I saw that on one of the daily a few, a week or, no, a few, maybe a month or so ago. And I've been smooth sailing, wonderful here. 16.10 is going to be wonderful, I think. Yeah, excellent. That's really good. So, um, well, there's, uh, there's a lot of work that's gone into it and uh, plenty of uh, changes that are going there. Uh, we've got some links here, which I'm just gonna, uh, Jim has just posted a link from our website. We would, we'll talk a little bit more about the website, actually. We were discussing things in the website about the uh, Kubuntu website earlier on, but I'm gonna put a link to that in the show notes right now as I speak. There it is, so uh, that you can go and find out more about that and go and test it, it looks absolutely fantastic and um and uh, i know there's been a lot of work put into it a huge amount of work has gone into this actually because especially right now at the moment things are evolving so quickly uh with obviously with kde with q uh, you know kde frameworks 5 plasma 5 and of course porting to uh, all of these new frameworks this means there's loads and loads of changes going on in our upstream in kde um, that we've got to implement through and that means that our development team are kept really really busy trying to package all of those things um, and um, <coughs> and so there's a lot of work and a lot of action taking place there um, and, and it's quite a lot of hard work getting all that together so a big shout out to you guys in development and Kubuntu nice work guys good stuff so um, a little light on news, of course, that's about it, is that uh, we're just looking to get some feedback for Kubuntu 16.10 betas at the moment. Everything else is looking fairly quiet at the moment. Um, so being quiet, the beta being out is a huge thing. People, come go test it. Come, come go. Yeah. <laughs> well, are we going to get them to come test it or are they going to go and test it? Both. You can do either. <laughs> They should come over to the Kubuntu community and with our dev people in the dev channel and go test Kubuntu. Yeah, so have it both ways. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 
but uh, yeah, good. All right, so, um, well, let's uh, move into our elevator picks section then, and uh, we're going to start uh, with Aaron, who's got some stuff uh, talking about, well, tell me, Aaron, uh, what are you going to tell, tell us about, and what have you picked for us for this show? Oh, I picked the tool that I found on uh, GitHub, uh, a GUI for making snaps, called Snap, Snapcraft GUI. Okay. Uh, so there's a, now there's a lot of noise in the Ubuntu community at the moment. They seem to be getting, they, they're all getting a bit snap happy, aren't they? I've seen uh, Daniel Holmbach singing like a lark about his, uh, what do you call it, snappy playpen, is it? Yeah, snappy playpen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was, uh, uh, I, I was thinking of grabbing my jar of lollipops and diving off over to the snappy playpen in my romper suit <laughs> oh jeez <laughs> oh is did it you suddenly got a vision of me with a lollipop in a romper suit <laughs> i don't know what a romper suit is so i'm probably happy that i don't know what it is oh okay so uh when you get a small child a little toddler I, that's running around you put them in this it's like a one-piece suit with little buttons up the front and you know and they run around in it and we call these we call them in the uk they're called a romper suit and this is what uh, little children toddlers play around in so i thought maybe you maybe a onesie maybe maybe a onesie yeah, would be I, better I, I didn't want to need to know about that now thanks for that rick oh okay uh, are you sure would, nah, I, can, I can i can be more descriptive no 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 don't need to be more descriptive about that one Okay, I'll shut right up now then. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't is a tool that lets you also make snack crafts, but it has a GUI element to uh, it, so it can list all the plugins that are available to you. Uh, you can instantly uh, test it. And are we it, anticipating it on the live stream? Right yeah, the GUI, and they can give you error messages about what's you're oh, what you're doing. You do. Oh, wrong, fantastic. Uh, Oh, that's cool. Fix Rick should know that I, I stopped OtterBox. Uh, Auto, Auto yeah, browser. Nice. Well, it, it, people who like the really? dark UI, yeah. by default, I have it up right now. UI for people who <laughs> like to code in the dark and they don't want to get it, but I, I hit with bright lights in the dark and stuff, and stuff like that. Working, so it's, can't watch, uh, it's super helpful and you can write notes with it and everything. Sadly. For making another snap, so I actually managed to get it snapped. And Rick should know that I, I snapped OtterBox. Uh, Otter did here. Otter highlights browser. it. Did you really? Everything for yeah. you. I have it up right now. I snapped it, but I, I the flash That's content very stuff cool. is not working, so you can't watch. Very, uh, very listen cool. to some music streaming. And um, <clears> so I did actually manage to get it snapped. And you can see that I, you can see uh, what I'm I did here. It highlights it. Thing to work. Everything for you. That's very cool. Very, very maybe we could get Daniel to come out um, of his playpen. <clears throat> Perhaps you should do a snap tutorial one of these shows. I'm just lucky I got this thing to work, barely. <laughs> I'm not no expert at it at all. Hey, maybe we could get Daniel to come out of his playpen and do as a snap tutorial on the show. Maybe we yeah. could ask him. That would be an awesome idea. Um, maybe we. Uh, I'll, I'll see if I can give um, Michael or Daniel a nudge on Google Plus and see whether they will. Um, <clears throat> whether they would do that. Uh, now, next up then is Ovi with his pick of the week and last week. So, what you got for us, Ovi? Case right. discard. Okay, so it's case discard. Fire that up. 
Hey, yeah. Can you share? Can you share screen share, Rick? Uh, can Can I give you a picture? Yes, you could. Um, if you take a screenshot, you can upload it into the presentation window. You should see it right now. Yeah, there we go. Uh, okay, perfect. Now we can't see Rick anymore. Ideal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get my romper suit on. Okay, so there's a picture there. Uh, as you can see, I've added the host Apollo. Apollo. Rick, how do you pronounce that? Apollo. 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 Thank you. Uh, Good stuff. So I've added a host Apollo, and uh, you can see that Apollo has all those sensors over there. Uh, and again, you also have localhost, which also has a few sensors. So you would get sensors from each one of those, and you would add them into oh, the view. Yeah. Into the view. So I added a new tab. I named it Apollo. Apollo. Ah. I named it Apollo. Uh, and started adding stuff from there. How I added the network connection, the network, the connection to the network remote device. Uh, I used this, well, it's in Romanian, I'm going to translate again. Uh, connect to host. Uh, Gazda means host. Connection type SSH, RSH, or daemon, or personalized command. It's here, the last one. Uh, I used personalized command, if I remember correctly, and I gave it this, this command from here. And I don't know if I can edit that. Let me check if I can edit oh, it. Okay, oh. I see, yeah. Oh, I see how you did it. Okay, you go to File, New Tab, and then when you have the new, new tab selected, there's a new mod... Uh, option under file monitor remote machine exactly so only only, ah. when, you're under, only when you're under a, a new tab not on the default tabs which are already created you cannot change that over uh, you cannot change those so only when you have a new tab you can check all that and you can see in the view over there i added uh, this the two cpus because it's a dual core ram and swap and then read data and write data, that's the network. That's for network. And then I have for each of my hard drives with their uh, capacity names, how much is available and how much is used. And as you can see, I made, I made the used to be red and available to be blue. I added them in that specific order and made, had those colors. And so I have used in red because I, I want it to be big red if it's full or something. Okay, and what I cannot show you right now because I don't know what's happening over here. Uh, in the, oh, I can add a new picture. Let me add a new picture over here. That's actually really clever what this does really really clever so it's really incredible what how much you can do and how much you can add and how many it, it took some time and some decision making on the how do i want to organize this and how do i want to have have all this uh, what, what do i want it to show how do i want it to show it and and all that okay i'm going to add a new picture right now it looks to me as well as though, for example, uh, if you had a, a different machine, so not necessarily a Kubuntu machine, um, but say, say for example, you had a Debian server, 
Um, it looks to me as though all you would need to do is install KSysGuardD, so the KSysGuardD daemon onto the Debian box, and then you would be able to monitor those remote servers uh, just by the SSH thing, which looks like it's just invoking KSysGuardD. Yeah, that, that was the, the part that I, I wanted to mention, and I keep rolling around it, so I forgot. Uh, so on the server, what I did, I just installed that KSysDD, cases which you see, which you see in the previous image. Uh, if you look in this image and the command, you see what command it executes on the SSH host. Ksysguard oh. D. So that's yeah. the name. You just search for that that package. It will bring a few KDE dependencies, uh, but it will not install X11. It will not install the Plasma desktop. It will just get the dependence some dependencies like KDE Core or stuff because i think this hasn't been ported to kd5 yet to ke5 okay i'm not sure i'm not sure let me check if i check in uh, about system monitor yeah it's been ported yeah it's been actually it's been ported uh what i'm running here but what i have on the server i have no idea let me check uh, okay actually it has no dependencies None that were installed anyway. Uh, on your desktop, no. On my desktop. server, on my server with just Ubuntu on it, it doesn't have any dependencies. Oh wait, wait, wait! I, I have, I don't have apt here. I have yum. Okay, so uh, well, you should be able to do the same thing. Yum search cases guard D. Yeah, and it doesn't show me the version. Oh man, how do I get Yum to show me version? Why did I did Why did I even come without the idea of using CentOS on this thing? <laughs> because somebody in management told you that you had to use it. <laughs> yeah, I heard everybody. Hey, your servers should run CentOS because blah blah blah. And yeah, that's really ah. Oh. every moment of it. Uh, right now, I have, I have to run an old kernel because there was a bug in a newer kernel, <laughs> and uh, the uh, Red Hat guys, it took them two months to get it resolved, and once it got resolved, I booted the new kernel, it worked for a week, and then it died again, and I still have to use that old kernel right now, and I'm postponing for a few months now to reinstall my whole system because it. I have, uh, let me see. Uh, minus two. I'm running a command and I'm counting. I'm running the word count with lines. So I have 12 minus one. That should mean I have 11 services running on this server. Getting them all up and running and make sure, making sure that everything keeps running. Wait, that shouldn't be running. Why is that? Oh, I'm still connected. To that. Oh, my. So, okay, I have 10 services right now running on it. I will have 11 once I get up uh, Let's Encrypt and up and running, uh, which would be my second pick for today, uh, if I may. Rick, or do you know something about Let's Encrypt and you want to show it off? I know a little bit about Let's Encrypt. I have used it a little while ago. I used it for a, for a website server that I've got up and running, and, uh, and I think it's great, but please go ahead. You can by all means talk about it what i'm trying to do at the moment is i'm going to install ksysguard d on my debian server and see if i can connect up uh connect up um 
the system monitor to it and get it working. So uh, you can tell us about uh, Let's Encrypt while I try and get your demo working for myself. Uh, okay, Obi. so uh, Let's Encrypt is a service. It's an open service that provides SSL certificates for free. So basically, if you have a blog and or a site and you host it by yourself or some service and you host it by yourself, usually you would have to pay about $2,000 per year to get an SSL certificate from some certificate authority. And $2,000 per year is not something I can afford. And I don't think most regular people would afford and would be willing to pay that much for a certificate. But if, when, if you're a company, then yeah, sure, that, that's very important for you and you might be willing to do that. Well, Clive says it's not that expensive. It depends from what certificate authority uh, you're taking it from. It depends for how much time and it depends for uh, what encryption level do you want. Clive says it's about $50 for a decent one. Is that per month? Because $50 sounds too low to be per year. Okay, then I just, I don't know my, I haven't done my research and I'm not good at this. Then, yeah, forget what I just said. If Clive says that, what that, Clive is right because he did this worse than me. Uh, okay, basically, uh, Let's Encrypt is a free service that provides you with the same kind of uh, service. What they offer is how you get their certificates is by using a bot. You use some kind of service that you run on your machine and it uses a specific protocol. And with that, via that protocol, it gets, it registers your domain. It registers, it reserves a certificate for it. It verifies that you're actually, you can actually access that machine with that domain. Uh, and then it issues you a certificate. If you and you can run that uh, service, run it forever as a cron job, and it renews your certificate every time. Let's Encrypt has this policy at that their, their certificate expires every sixty days. So you need an automated uh, system to renew your certificates. Okay, so that's everything that's good, and it's great if you have a simple. Uh, layout a simple organization of your server. What I have is more complicated uh, because I like complicated stuff and because I like to complicate my life and because I believe this is easier to manage. Uh, okay. <clears throat> so what I have, I'm using Docker. Uh, if someone doesn't know what Docker is, it's basically uh, ch root change roots on steroids with a lot a lot and a lot of steroids uh, it can do a lot of things but this is just a very short explanation uh, so what I, I have docker running on my server and on my server i have several docker images i have an image for uh, next cloud i have an image for wordpress I have an image for various media services that I use. One of which, which is an open source service that I want to promote is MB, E-M-B-Y, uh, which is 
it's written in .NET. I don't know why they would choose .NET, but whatever. Uh, it's an application that you can stream your media files anywhere in the world. It's like Plex, if you know about Plex, but Plex is proprietary, but and MB is open source. Uh, and I have the, serv the service running on my server, and I have an app on my Android phone. I have the uh, web application in Firefox, and I can watch my uh, homemade videos with my cell phone and my pictures. I can view them everywhere, and some other videos that I have there that I will not uh, talk about here right now, publicly. Ooh. Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, and many many other servers like my uh, IRC bouncer I have over there and what else do I have? Uh, yeah, and to manage all of my to, and my blog, to for example, and to manage my blog and nginx I and uh, Nextcloud I have an nginx uh, Docker container that has in there all the configuration needed to reverse proxy into each domain. So. I have just the port port 80 and 443 open on my server. Everything is redirected into this Nginx container. And Nginx redirects traffic uh, depending on uh, the domain you're accessing. It redirects it to a different container, to the, to the next cloud container or to the blog container, which runs WordPress. And the problem I'm having right now with uh, Let's Encrypt is that when you want to uh, verify that you actually own that domain. The, any bot that you, any bot or service or script or whatever you use, will add a directory, create a directory uh, where you say that the doc root is for that web domain. Create a directory there. Add a file over there with a specific hash file, a specific hash file, and then it will try to access that file from the outside go to my uh, domain or subdomain and go to that subfolder and access that file. If it can't do that, then it will not, it will fail the verification. Uh, the problem I'm having right now is because I'm having these containers, I don't have direct, well, I can, but I, I'm avoiding it for security reasons to have direct, direct access to the web root of each service. Uh, so basically, when I run the script for when I run a script or any program for Let's Encrypt, it adds the file where I say the web root is, but then it cannot access it through there because nginx has a, proxy, a reverse proxy and it redirects. I would show you my configuration, but screen sharing doesn't work because of Java. Okay. I'm not I'm not Linus Torvalds right now to say something to Java, but you get the message. All right, so Aaron, you, I think in the chat you were saying you've got another app. And uh, so uh, did you have got something else you wanted to uh, visit in app picks? Um, I like to add, um, I'm not sure how to say it, Polychromatic. It's a Python app for controlling razor keyboards lighting effects. Ooh, okay. That's for Linux. Uh, let me see if. Okay, so this is a live view, or it, it's, no, it's a recording. It's a recording. Okay. Let's see if it catches up. I think it should be. It's caught up now. This is my keyboard well, I recorded the other day. So this is just adjusting the brightness and showing the spectrum, changing colors gently. 
Now it started playing. So about 11 seconds lag. Uh, this is the wave function, rainbow colors. Uh, and then the breathe function, it just turns dark and then light. And it changes color while it's doing that too. Uh, where was this? Oh, I know what I did. Okay, there, there's the ripple. That was, it was lighting up, spreading lights every time you type something. And that was the end of that one. But uh, if it's dark, how do you see what you're pressing if it's not turned on? Uh, that's a good, very good question. I just, I think it's just from Cosmetics effects and that, that, for that effect. Applying system. Uh-oh. Whoa, yeah. Oh, <coughs> is it still showing on the live show, I think? On the live feed? That's the my my pick for the app. Okay, I'm just going to stick a link in for that because I, I I was just looking at uh, thinking it's, it's a looking GitHub at it. It's, it's really good. Yeah, it's a GitHub link, and um, it's really good actually. It's got a really nice looking interface. Into it looks like it's very straightforward to use. Um, Let me see if I can. I just opened the settings for it. Here, here we go. Uh, here we go. I just opened the settings for it. Yeah, it has a pretty straightforward interface. You just pick which effects you want, and it sets it, and then you can activate the micro keys, which KDE can, uh, Plasma can use to change. I've used it to change different desktops and switch activities and stuff. Since I have, wow, that I have, sounds cool. I have an extra five keys that I can program to do whatever I want. It, it, the application lets you activate them, and KD can use them or Plasma. And the new release, the new release lets you use multiple devices to like a mouse and a keyboard at the same time. Okay, yeah, that looks really good actually. Uh, I don't have a Razer keyboard, but uh, I know that there's a few people that do. Um, so. And that looks like it's been really useful. Yeah, nice one. Good find, Aaron. Good find. Good stuff, my man. All right. <laughs> okay. Right. Let's uh, let's get into some developer feedback. So I uh, we took some time to meet with the core team before this uh, podcast and have a chat with uh, some of the guys in the development team to find out what's been going on. So first uh, first thing up is. Um, Congratulations are in order, my friends, to uh, one of our community developers, Clive Joe, who um, went for his Ubuntu Devel interview to see whether he could get Ubuntu Dev status and passed. So we have a new Ubuntu Dev uh, in our team, which is uh, fantastic news because that means that uh, we can actually push things up into the Ubuntu archive and get stuff released now. So nice work, Clive Joe. Um, really, really good job on that. Uh, very very pleased with that it's a result good stuff buddy good stuff I think, it, 
I think it should be awesome stuff, not just some simple good stuff. It's awesome stuff. All right. Let me see what I got for you. Clive Joe, come on down, good buddy. Wake up, honey. You got the awesome stuff. Ooh, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Rick. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, it's like uh, me and Aaron are trying to be the cool new kids. We're showing all the new stuff and all that. And here comes Rick from prehistory. Prehistory, <laughs> Dale. <laughs> I think that's a bit mean there. Okay, it's it's like, it's like my dad coming to 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 a party with all my classmates. You know. Oh, you haven't seen anything, anything yet. If you want to, see, if you want to see something for fun, um, if you go and have a look at my personal YouTube channel, Rick Timmis, go and have a look at the YouTube channel and search for "old men, old men can't rap." <laughs> if you want, Ooh, Clive, <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm afraid to do that. <laughs> I will. Yeah. I will. I know. I will be sorry. <laughs> oh, good stuff. So, Rick, uh, right now you have the talent of being a father, and you have a because you're a father. You right now have the talent of embarrassing younger people. Yes, it's and it's a gift that I've been waiting for for many years. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with a lot of fun with it. A lot of fun with it. So anyway, uh, but in all seriousness. That is really, really great news, and uh, I know that we're all really pleased for Clive. It's a really good job, and he's done great. And, uh, okay, looks like the Kubuntu feedback, developer feedback, got... Um, uh, it, was that a prompt to say, don't read line two, Aaron? Yeah, that, that was a prompt, don't read that. Oh, okay. Oh, don't worry, we'll, let's move on swiftly to the... Uh, <laughs> What's the <laughs> Clive Joe, old man raps? Forty-seven-year-old man excretes twenty-five raps of cocaine at Lagos Airport. <laughs> I found the link. Old man can't rap. I found it and I played it. Oh, oh yeah, you did. Don't Google. <laughs> I gave you the link. I gave you the link. Go nuts. It's dangerous. And go nuts. Take this, don't oh. go alone, it's dangerous. Oh, yeah, excellent. Fantastic. Yeah, he's freestyling, he's freestyling. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I have to, uh, now, somebody at work, right, at, at my work, <laughs> then found this on YouTube, okay, and decided to dub it with M&M's, um, uh, with the backing track to Eminem, dun 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 dun, right? And I, I have to get a mix of it and try to uh, to see if we could do it. But but they managed to get the timing right, so all of a sudden it like it they got the beat right or the timing right or something and made it work. But, uh, it was, what was what's funny. next, Rick? What's next on the developer feedback? Yeah. Okay. Right. So next on developer feedback, I'm banned from telling it. I'm not allowed to tell you. Um, as Aaron said, so we'll have to skip on. So moving to the next uh, section then. So what we've got next up is, uh, I talked at the beginning, we've got this uh, special guest interview. Uh, so Aaron, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, the guest that you've done an interview with? 
and uh, maybe we can feed that into the live stream or something. Yeah, we can. I have it set up actually already. <laughs> Perfect. Um, let it rip. Let it rip. Oh, jeez, that's a terrible phrase to use, though. Okay, okay. Play! <laughs> Hello, Kubuntu podcast audience. I'd like to introduce someone you might be seeing on YouTube and Twitter lately, the Linux Gamer. It's great to be here. Thanks for coming, man. Uh, I'd like to let you introduce yourself and what you do for people who haven't seen you on social media yet. So, uh, so my name's Gardner. I run, uh, as you said, the uh, the Linux Gamer on YouTube. Um, I'm pretty active on Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, I, what I do on my channel is basically review Linux games, um, and sometimes I try and be funny. I don't know how successful I am at it. <laughs> With the uh, Bioshock Infinite, Dying Light, all these AAA games coming to Linux, what what do you think starting the move that developers are making them move for to the platform? Um, I definitely think that it has to do with uh, profit motivation. Uh, I think people, you know, want to have a larger audience than just uh, Windows. Um, it's the same reason that uh, indie games are coming to Linux. It's because, um, you know, people want to get their games in front of as many people as they can. And, um, uh, you know, the if you look at the Steam hardware survey, it's, some, it's not the best uh, metric for gaming on Linux, but, uh, or the, the Linux audience, I should say, but it's definitely, uh, the, the numbers are slowly increasing, and I think that uh, it's pretty important that we stick to it. So with the whole money is uh, perfect motivation, do you think, what do you think of the Humble Bundle and Indiegaga Gala with Linux gaming, do you think that's a, also a good metric to go by with their sales? Um, I would definitely say that uh, the Humble Bundle has helped uh, gaming on Linux. I mean, um, before Steam ever came out, I was playing uh, indie games from the Humble Bundle. That's where I got my stuff from. Um, I'd say that, like, the fact that, you know, you can get DRM-free games from other sources outside of Steam is, is also healthy for the uh, gaming community, for sure. If you if you look at all the statistics of the Humble Bundle, Indiegaga, and all of them... Linux gamers always paying three to one to Linux and Mac users whenever they get a game. Definitely. And I think that's a big yeah. motivational factor of the whole porting or even making it native status of games to the Linux platform. For sure. Yeah, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. I agree with you completely. With uh, the Linux driver situation, Linux Ubuntu has dropped AMD because of some support and stuff. But now with the new NVIDIA 1080 and System76 are already shipping units out with them, do you think the Linux driver situation has improved a lot lately? I, I do. I think that um, the biggest hurdle that we have now with NVIDIA graphics is actually installing them. That's the hardest problem is installing the graphics drivers, at least for me. But um, yeah, I think uh, Ubuntu actually dropping Radeon, uh, the proprietary driver support is a good thing. I think that uh, AMD GPU is catching up to, um, to you know, performance standards of, you know, the proprietary graphics driver. And uh, I think that we're moving in a great direction right now, honestly. With, uh, I th believe I saw a recent release of uh, the Falcon API for Android gaming. What do you think it's going to bring on Linux gaming? 
Uh, Vulcan. I'm actually very, uh, very happy with the way Vulcan is developing. Um, I think um, I, I saw a, a, a video, a demo of Dota 2 running on Vulcan on a uh, Intel 4400 HD, you know, integrated graphics driver, and uh, I, it had something like 200 frames per second. I can send you the link uh, if you want to see that. It's pretty exciting. Integrated graphics, though? Yeah, yeah. Pulling, uh, pulling that looks... off? Oh, yeah. Very, yeah. It was pretty impressive, and uh, I think Vulcan, you know, diminishing that bottleneck that OpenGL has, I think that's going to be, like, one of the most definitive moves that we can have for towards building Linux gaming as a whole. I think when they were talking about it, they were talking about, they were in this situation, I how a news article was talking about Doom in particular was like the bottleneck of OpenGL and DirectX or like they're limiting to certain CPU cores They're and Vulkan's supposed to be opening it up. Is that because why the Intel integrated can do that? Maybe? Yeah, so I think that, that you know, if we, if we can get down to the bare metal or closer to it rather than going through a CPU-intensive, uh, uh, you know, standard like a, uh, OpenGL, I think that it'll allow us to get more performance out of, you know, less hardware, and I think that's really good for everything, for Linux gaming in general. The, the prosperity of Linux gaming is looking really good I think we could say 2017 is the Linux gaming year. I would, I yes, I think that that is a good uh, a, a good goal to set. Is it gonna go beyond a meme this time? I, yeah, I think that we can uh, de- safely assume that 2017 will be the year of the Linux desktop, and it won't be a meme anymore. Awesome. Thank you for answering, being on the show. Hey, you're welcome, man. I've had a good time. If anybody's looking for him on YouTube, I'll be showing, throwing some show notes and stuff, links to his Twitter and YouTube and Patreon and stuff. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for being on the show. Hopefully, you'll be on the next, on another one soon. Absolutely, I'd love to. <clears throat> yeah, cosa buenas, muchas gracias, Aaron. Good stuff, buddy. That was ace. Bravo, Aaron. Bravo. Yeah, that was really good. We definitely need some more of those. That was really good. Uh, something like that it was a great game section. You've kind of got, you've taken this to heart. This uh, the Linux game section, haven't you? This is this was made for you, Aaron. This was this slot. <laughs> I think uh, a video made that comment. It's like I really know my games. <laughs> yeah, when I reviewed the edit, the edited version of this interview. Uh, I said that oh, wow, Aaron really knows his games because if you're gonna ask me a, any question about games or video graphics, uh, what video boards to use, when or what, huh? <laughs> that, that, that's my, that's my reaction. Huh? That's a fantastic face. <laughs> you're gonna use that one more often, Ovi. I like it. <laughs> I'm going to be cutting that out later as a screenshot for you, Jim. <laughs> yeah, good. Oh, good stuff. That's ace. All right. So um, <clears throat> it looks like we've got some uh, got some listener, listener feedback. 
Yeah, Clive set that in from the Kubuntu forums. I just posted it in the show notes. Alrighty, alrighty. Um, would you like me to read it, or do you want, do you want to read it, Ovi? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's from Showhog from snow Kubuntu hog. forums. Hog. Snow, like snowman. Ah, <coughs> Snowhog. I said show. Okay. Yeah. I just want to express my thanks for all the hard work developers and testers put into the Kubuntu KDE Plasma project. So few of you and so many of us and the us's always seem to want more and tend to more often than not complain about what isn't included and what isn't working instead of praising that which is and does. For me with and with very few exceptions since I first started using Kubuntu in 2007, Kubuntu has simply just worked. I am a constant I am constantly amazed that such a robust and feature-filled operation operating system is available to everyone for free, free to me. The developers and testers simply don't receive the credit and gratitude you all have earned. So again, from one of the us's, thank you. Please feel free to pass this along. Wow. Well, um, massive thanks to Snowhog for that. And he's absolutely right. Um, you know, there are so few of us in the development community and so many users out there uh, that are using it. And, and it's really great uh, as well, Snowhog, to know that you have uh, been using Kubuntu since 2007. That's almost 10 years. Uh, so lots and lots of experience, and clearly your experience has been good. Uh, so thank you very much for that feedback. Uh, we always like to uh, encourage um, all of our listeners and people from the community as, and users of Kubuntu to give us feedback, both positive and negative. But it's particularly um, uplifting to get something back like that. Um, because, you know, um, the reason why people contribute into the community, the reason why the developers do the things that they do, is uh, a significant part of that contribution is because we just love doing it. We love being part of the community and our contribution doesn't feel like work, it feels like play. And I know you've talked in the past about, about this concept of play and not making Kubuntu uh, community contributions feel like work Ovi um, but uh, there's nothing that lifts the spirit more or energizes more than having robust unprompted thanks and uh, gratitude like that that makes it all worthwhile um, because the end of the day we create things because uh, for others to use and enjoy so thanks again for that feedback absolutely fantastic that's the kind of feedback that always motivates us all of us to keep going on because we know, hey, there are users over there that are actually satisfied with what we produce and what we put out there. And we are so happy and that uh, gives us the motivation and makes us more willing to keep working on it and keep struggling when we have to struggle with stuff, uh, especially uh, right now since uh, we're just, I can, if I can formulate it like this, we're rebuilding our core developers, our core developer team for Kubuntu. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, amen to that, man. Amen to that. Okay, <clears throat> so, uh, well, guys, that uh, leads us more or less to the end of the show notes now. 
but I just wonder whether either of you guys have got anything uh, pressing that you want to uh, bring to the table or add before we go into the outro section. Uh, Ovi, anything from you? Mm, no, not really. Cool, all right. Good stuff. Aaron, anything from you? Mm, nope, nothing either. All right, all right. Okay, good stuff. There's another one, Jim. Oh, okay, right. So how to get in touch with us, right? So we were talking earlier on about uh, the focus for Kubuntu.org uh, is building the center uh, around Kubuntu.org. So that's our website. Get over there, visit the website. You should find that the central hub and it will take you to all the other places. So Kubuntu.org, visit us there. You can come and chat and find out uh, more. Uh, join us in the community on IRC. So irc.freenode.net. Uh, join the hash Kubuntu channel there. Um, our Telegram groups and uh, Telegram channel for news. And, of course, on social media, you can find us on Google+, on Facebook, Twitter, on Reddit, and, of course, for us individually on LinkedIn. If you want to get in touch with the uh, podcast team, then you can do that via kubuntu.org on the website. We have an IRC channel that you can connect to there. Just visit the website. It will you join straight from the website to get in touch with us as a guest. Or, of course, here on Google+, make sure you follow us and please do share amongst your community uh, and let people know what we're doing so that we can draw more people here to come and listen to me making a fool of myself. And, um, and of course, There's also, uh, uh, Rick, if I can add on the website, we have revamped the team page. If you will look over there, you will find the Kubuntu team, the most active members over there. And you will have links to everybody's blogs who has a public blog. Yeah, cool. Okay, excellent. Uh, and, uh, and they're on, uh, on YouTube as well. So, uh, once again, it's been uh, it's been fantastic fun. I absolutely love doing this show. It's so loose and fresh, and it kind of never really know where it's going to go and how the conversation's going to unfold. It's uh, it's a little bit like going down the pub and hanging out with your mates, and uh, I like that because you guys are my mates. Anyway, uh, thanks very much to everybody in the community. I'll say cheerio. I'm going to hand over to Ovi. And, uh, I'm Rick Timis, and I'll see you all soon. Cosa buenas, mi amigos. What's with the Spanish? Quigley told me to do it. Simon Quigley told me to do it. Hey. <laughs> and I... Simon says, so I does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So thank you, everybody, for joining us for another show. Sorry I was late. I had a long day at work. Uh, and hopefully we will see you next time. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining. Hopefully, I'll see you on the next one if everything's thrilling with this hurricane. Cut to the